You are now listening to episode 226 of the Big Bang Buzzcast, recorded on January 17th, 2022. I'm Roxanne. And I'm Nicole. And this week we're going to be talking about the friendship algorithm. Algorithm. (laughs) Didn't think that was going to trip me up. (laughs) Of Uh, all the different words, algorithm is what gets you. Apparently. Friendship algorithm, episode 13 of season two. Which I thought we were doing last week. (laughs) So you're extra prepared. I am extra prepared. I actually went down like a 25-minute tapioca rabbit hole last week, and I was like, I'm going to own this. And then you were like, the killer robot instability. And I was like, (laughs) ah, fuck. (laughs) Okay, well, would you like to grace us with your tapioca knowledge now? No, I've kind of forgotten most of it, so (laughs) I just know it's one of those plants, like in in the cold open when Sheldon talks about the root um, creating cyanide. Um, it's one of those plants that, like, part of it is you can eat raw, and part of it is, like, very dangerous if you eat it raw. So, mm-hmm. like, the tapioca pearl you can have raw, um, and um, you can't have the uh, you can't have the root, I believe. But I also read that people, like, use tapioca pearl and they make them into a flower. So maybe I'm even wrong about eating them raw. But I think I think you can eat them raw. See, I, I would have been I would have nailed this nailed this last week. But I mean, that is all still a lot of information about tapioca that I did not know. So <laughs> I got figured it out approximately like fifteen days ago, mm-hmm. <laughs> the day before we recorded last time. I don't think I've ever had tapioca pudding. I have not either. I have had chocolate pudding. Yes, and I agree with Sheldon that chocolate is the best pudding. Chocolate is the best pudding. I've had, like, I think one other kind, but I just remember not liking it. Maybe I should try it as an adult because you know that the taste buds mature, and that's why, like, a lot of people don't like vegetables as kids, but then they like them as adults. It's because the taste buds change. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's the case with this, but I would have to figure out what type of pudding it was so that I could try it again and figure out if I like it. I mean, I actually can't remember, like, I know I've had, like, vanilla pudding, but I can't think of other than, like, that and chocolate, any ones that I've had. Gotcha. I mean, Unless I mean, I guess I've count, had... like, flan as a pudding? It's... I guess I've had bread pudding, but mm-hmm. that wasn't what I'm thinking about. I will also say that, in my opinion, the best pie is chocolate pudding pie, <laughs> so... French silk is where it's at for me. Mm-hmm. As long as there's chocolate in there. I'm yeah, I'm not a fruit pie person. Like, I'm probably the worst waitress fan ever because I don't like <laughs> pie, but that's my favorite show. So I do like apple pie, a good apple pie I'm down for. But other than that, basically chocolate. See, I like a lot of things with apple in them. But my thing with pie is I think there's just not enough texture variation for me, like the crust to like fruit filling ratio is too unbalanced for me mm-hmm. like even peach cobbler like i need more of the like bread cake god we used to make that at my work and now i'm blanking on what it technically is but like i can't have too much peach and sugar and all that in it like there needs to be like more substance to it for me mm-hmm. anyway Okay, so... Surrounding this conversation is them fucking with Sheldon, so let's just get into that. Yes. They interrupt his tapioca, whatever, explanation, rant, topic, um, which causes him great distress. 
I liked how at the end when he's like, you promised you wouldn't do that anymore. <laughs> I do feel bad about doing about them doing that to him. But if it was just like constantly being interrupted when you're talking, like every woman has had that happen to them. Mm-hmm. But in this case, like he's just trying to be an asshole. <laughs> so they're yeah. like, okay, we'll just we'll just give it back to you. And then right after that, we have Kripke dropping by again, his second episode right in a row, um, to insult Leonard and his insignificant results with whatever test he was running. Hey, you know what? Like, when, when Raj says don't feel bad, negative results are still results, even 20,000 of them. I did like <laughs> Leonard's, please don't cheer me up anymore. <laughs> but... Um, there is also that uh, quote from Thomas Edison where he says, I have not failed. I've just found 10,000 ways that won't work. Exactly. So Leonard Leonard found 20,000 ways that don't work. (laughs) Now, it's also possible. I mean, I think what he's talking about here is like, I'm trying to prove this. And, uh, you know, if you run something, if you flip a coin, you know, five times, you could get heads all five times, but if you flip it 10,000 times, you're going to be much closer to 5,000 heads, 5,000 tails. So I think that this was just a straight up failure where Leonard was like, I have this theory. And he ran his first X many data runs and then was like, oh, I haven't seen this yet. So I'm going to keep on doing it. And he just kept on, kept on. And he never had any evidence that his theory is true. Whereas like with the coin flip, the more you flip, the more accurate it is going to get to prove that it's 50 50. So I do understand what he's saying here, but negative results are still results. Yes. Yeah. And then we find out that Kripke supposedly is the one controlling who gets to use the new open science grid computer <laughs> that Sheldon wants to run. Um, Leonard says only Kripke, Kripke's only letting his friends use it. So Sheldon's like, okay, so we'll be friends then. That's easy. And Kripke, Kripke's just like, no, not interested. Well, I like how he's like, what do you say of the idea of you and I becoming your friends? And friends, and he's like, I have no interest in becoming your friend. <laughs> yeah. And then Sheldon's like, how about you take some time to reconsider? And he's just like, yeah, I'll do that. I Well, I also liked uh, earlier when they were talking about like what a jerk Kripke he was and how it's like, that's why he eats by himself instead of sitting here at the pool <laughs> table. Yeah. And then faux shizzle. Faux shizzle, which automatically will just ruin their chances of being the cool table. If they were, they're not anymore. (laughs) It just sunk. All right. So then we have a little bit with Leonard and Penny where he's helping her. So all of her emails from uh, Howard will go straight to spam, which apparently he's been sending vacation photos of him not in a bathing, not in the bathing suit. Which, like, initially, because I was, I was watching this, and I was remembering, like, you know, like, last week's episode, and, like, okay, I'm going to, like, track Howard. And I was like, oh, here, he's still, like, sending these emails to Penny. And I was like, no, he's just sending them to everybody, because Leonard got it, too. Yes. Like, if he was just... And I also, like, Penny says, like, the email doesn't bother me as much. I'm like, well, maybe he's literally just sending a generic email, and then it's like, mm-hmm. here's a nude, everybody. Which, I mean, you should yeah. not send nudes without your consent. But I, I am glad that he's not just sending it to Penny. Yeah, it's not like a targeted email to her. It's just like to his whole address book, it sounds like. Exactly. Um, also, I have it very hard to believe that he can tan well enough to make that look like a bathing suit. <laughs> With as pale as he is right. already. Yeah, true point. 
And then Sheldon is leaving a message for Kripke, um, both insulting his, like, lunch choice, <laughs> as well as following up on the friendship proposal. Also, scrap meat is one of my least favorite terms. <laughs> it just sounds <laughs> awful. Yeah, not appealing. No. Um, Nevertheless, I hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> exactly. Um, what was I going to say about that? I think he could have phrased that the be- better. Like, oh, did you know? Or something like that. Or I personally don't do this because blah, blah, blah. But utilizing um, meat that they would not use otherwise. I'm only going to say scrap meat now two times in this episode. Um, that's just preventing waste. You just don't want to phrase it in the way that Sheldon did. (laughs) And so Leonard explains to Penny he's trying to make a new friend, uh, which leads to Penny asking both how Sheldon became friends with Leonard and the other guys in general. Which it's kind of like fun how we get like Leonard's like very brief explanation here. And then like a year later, we actually get to see it in the flashbacks. I was just thinking about that. Um... Also, okay, when Penny says what's up with Ichabod, what is that a reference to? I actually just Googled it because I, like, don't really know either. Because I can only think, I can only think of Legend of Sleepy Hollow, but he wanted to date the girl. I don't remember him wanting to make friends, so I don't know what this is. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, it just makes me think of Sleepy Hollow as well, but... I just know it as like it's connected to that and not the character well enough to know what connection there might be. I mean, I read, I mean, it might have even been like an abridged children's version, but like the Legend of Sleepy Hollow that I know, I read in like fourth grade, <laughs> but I don't recall him trying to make friends. He was just the teacher that wanted to date Katrina, was that her name? And then every year at the racetrack in Lexington on the closing day of the meet, which is always right before Halloween, um, a rider shows up that is a headless horseman that gallops around the track once carrying Mm -hmm. a pumpkin, which I think is really fun. And there are some people who know who the person is, but the majority of people don't know who it is. So it's like this quote unquote mysterious person that shows up. So that always makes me happy. That was just an aside that I wanted to find an excuse to talk about once we started talking about Legend of Sleepy Hollow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've never read it. I did watch, like, a season or so of the Sleepy Hollow TV show that was, like, I just Googled it. That was, like, 2013. I vaguely remember that. Yeah. There were issues going on there, but... Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, because with... Yeah, we don't need to get into it, but... um, Message me about it later, because I'm curious now. Okay. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I don't know what specifically reference Penny's trying to make with it here um so okay so I actually really like here when Penny says how did you become friends with Howard and Raj and Leonard says how do carbon atoms form a benzene ring proximity and valence electrons and then Penny's like oh yeah sure and I'm like okay but that is a legitimately good example (laughs) (laughs) like I know that Penny doesn't understand it but I'm like yes that actually makes perfect like that is exactly i just re- like that's a good one it's not like some random i'm reaching here like yes that is a extremely good metaphor mm-hmm. so i just have i've i have had appreciation for that since when did this episode air uh 2009 
January yeah, I, so, 2009. Yeah, so we are 13 solid years into me liking that. <laughs> it was, we're only a couple days off. It aired January 19th and we're at the I was literally year. just Googling that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then we also find out that Leonard is not allowed to whistle in the apartment. One missed opportunity here is when Leonard starts whistling and Sheldon says first warning. Mm-hmm. This aired after Panty Pinata. Mm-hmm. He could have called it a strike. Yeah. Maybe is... I was going to say he could be more lenient, like a warning and then a strike, but I feel like Sheldon would still just go for the strike. Sheldon was doling out strikes to Penny without <laughs> even telling her that they were strikes. Yeah. So, And Leonard is well aware of the rules here so yeah okay so then we have sheldon giving penny a questionnaire because he's decided that to help with his friendship with kripke he needs to find out why his current friends like him this is another example of how i've told you that my little sister does not realize how much early big bang theory just is ingrained in her brain Mm -hmm. because whenever somebody says something that like you know, so- something in this type of context, she will say it just like Penny. She'll be like, well, that is a good question, or whatever <laughs> it was that Kaylee said it. And I'm like, in a similar context to this, that is what she says. And I don't even think that she remembers what that's from. Mm-hmm. I'm sure at some point she will text me because she will randomly text me and be like, hey, remember this? What is that from? Mm-hmm. So I guarantee I'll get that one day because she always says it like that. But she loved this scene in particular. <laughs> Okay, so rank the following aspects of Sheldon Cooper in order of appeal. Intelligence, attention to hygiene, playfulness, and Java applet writing. How would you rank those? Um, I feel like intelligence would be first, because I feel like that's what stands out most. Java applet writing would be last, because I don't care. (laughs) Do you know what it is? I mean, in like a general i think i have an idea but okay i mean hygiene's nice but i don't know if ruthless is necessarily positive i don't know more than just as long as it's a general good hygiene you know but i also don't know if i would call him playful so it's maybe a toss-up between those two okay what is your order So hygiene's first. Okay. Because I have a friend who is a germaphobe, and I also know a guy who doesn't use toilet paper because he thinks it's gay, and I can tell you who is more pleasant to be around. Okay. (laughs) And it's the germaphobe. Got Um, it. I also have an uncle who um, used to not use napkins because he's not a girly boy. So, um, just, I, I have people, both. this is not the same person who doesn't use toilet paper as far as I know. Um, but yeah, so that is important to me because I know how gross people can be when their hygiene isn't good. Um, and I also struggle with like, well, I mean, not, not in a gross way, but like there are some days where like, I'm like, oh, I should shower before I go to bed, but like, it's a bad depression day and I'm just so exhausted. I just sleep. And when I lived with Emily, she was not a germaphobe, but like she would definitely help me be like, oh, you know, if you if you get in the shower, you'll feel better, you know, that type of thing. So I think if I lived with somebody or was around someone who was a germaphobe, like more often, like my friend who's a germaphobe, I just see her a couple times a year. Um, that would actually probably help me just like, 
oh, you, I know, I know you're really, you know, exhausted, but you'll feel better. Like they would like encourage me to be a little bit better. Like I don't consider myself unhygienic, but like everyone, everyone who's had depression knows that sometimes you have to sleep over something. So that would be number one. And then probably intelligence and then playfulness because I think I would like his road games and I also like trains I mean the very first time we met you (laughs) took me to a train that's a restaurant so I mean like I I get it and then I forgot we went oh I think about that every day not not quite every day (laughs) but I have told quite a few people about that so um yeah that um there are there are aspects of Sheldon's personality that I think I could actually like get into and then was that was that mentioned on like Big Bang Theory yes. at some point? Is like the re- okay is the reason we actually yes that went is there. why we went and I was like heck yeah and then okay. uh, Java applet writing um because while I think it's cool and impressive because I'm not very good with HTML um and like graphic interfaces I think it's impressive the people that are so you know Heidi is really good with that kind of stuff oh yeah. She was nice. telling me about it. She's actually said at one point she was going to write fanfic for another show that we watch about somebody teaching someone else how to code and stuff. And I'm like, oh, that'd be cool. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, she's really good at it. And she tries to explain it to me sometimes. And I'm like, mm, I don't understand. But thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, at least Sheldon, if he asked us, would have some information that might be helpful as, as opposed to what he actually got from his friends. Yeah, but he thinks playfulness is number one. And neither of us put that there. No, I mean, I'm surprised that he goes with playfulness over intelligence as his number one. Maybe he views, like, he works solo a lot, and playfulness is usually more of a social thing. So maybe he was thinking, like, from a friendship perspective, my friends will probably Mm -hmm. like that better, maybe. Maybe he also thinks he's being playful by... Putting playful as his number one as opposed Ooh, to intelligence. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so the whole questionnaire is 211 questions, including an essay that should take no more than three hours. So I am putting a poll up on our Twitter asking people what their favorite of Sheldon is. <laughs> That'll be interesting to see. Yeah. Well, ruthless attention to hygiene fit. Oh, no. Okay. How do you abbreviate attention? A-T-T-N? Yeah. I could have done this afterward, I'm realizing now, but... Playfulness and Java applet writing. Okay. So, I will leave this up for seven days. By the time this goes up, it might be expired. Most likely. But you can reply to the tweet if you haven't voted by the time you listen to this. And then we will share the results next time when we record for the financial permeability. Okay, so then we have Sheldon looking at his results that he got from his friends. Uh, Leonard answered the multiple choice in a pattern. A, B, B, A, C... (laughs) He's just like, oh, you picked up on that. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Sheldon, he should know how to do that not in a pattern. Like, all you, all you could do is just put in, like, there's generators on the internet where you can randomize multiple choice. That teachers will use that to make sure that their answers, you know, aren't in a pattern or isn't overwhelmingly one answer. Did you take, did you take the ACT or the SAT? I took both. Okay, for either of them, did you guys have, like, classes on how to do well? We didn't have any, like, prep classes at school. I didn't take any, like, individual. I think I just got, like, a study book I might have looked at a little bit. Okay. Do you remember what you got on that? Um, no. I don't remember what I got online. But anyway, um, we basically had people come in in the weeks before and explain to us, like, if you're going to guess, this is statistically on all the past ACT tests, like, in each section which multiple choice was the most common answer in terms of A, B, C, D, E, or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I would not have done such a pattern here. <laughs> I remember one year, my I think it was one of my English teachers, she had us, she like just like completely guessed like A, like A B, C, or D for like 10 different slots. Like there was no questions, no possible answers. It was just random guessing for all of them. Mm-hmm. And then she, like, told us, like, what the correct quote-unquote answers were. And it was supposed to show how, like, just randomly guessing was not going to be, like, any sort of good strategy. But I actually guessed, like, really, really well on that. Oh, nice. Um, And kind of, like, defeated the purpose of it, at least for my answers. But, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so Sheldon has got bad answers from Leonard. Um, Though Leonard says he actually put work into his essay, so... (laughs) I like how he does sound, like, indignant about that. So, like, I can't imagine Leonard, like, oh, he's just filling in random questions, but then having fun with writing that essay. Yeah. And then Wallowitz drew a raccoon with a distended scrotum, which Leonard says is actually kind of cute. Until you get to the scrotum. Yes. I want to know what the raccoon represents. <laughs> like, why did he pick a raccoon? I don't know. I don't oh. know if I want to know. We have two votes. One playfulness, one ruthless attention to hygiene. (laughs) Shockingly, Java applet writing, no votes yet. Not yet. We'll we'll see by the end of this recording where we're at. Um, And then I like how Leonard is saying, like, maybe you can't approach this, like, purely intellectually. And he's like, remember when you tried to learn how to swim using the internet? And Sheldon's just, I did learn how to swim on the floor. And the skills are not transferable because your body operates differently when it's buoyant. Yeah. And I you mean, also like, have to use the muscle. And if you're if you learn the technique, but you're not displacing I I, I was a swimmer, you knew you were gonna get this. If yeah. you're not displacing the water, you're not building the muscle. So in the future, when swimming isn't going to be optional, you're still not able to transfer the skills if you don't have the strength like I could read a very I could watch a very technical video on how to you know high jump or something but that doesn't mean oh I could I could I could I could just think about it in theory or get the technique right but if I'm not actually doing it I'm not actually learning yeah and I mean like the past like year and a half I've been learning how to skate with a, a lot of help from a lot of YouTube videos 
But I'm not watching the videos and then going out and doing things perfectly. Like, I'm watching the videos and then practicing and falling and practicing and practicing, so. You know what my favorite video of you is? (laughs) I do. (laughs) It's just your face when you're on the ground. (laughs) Like, I know it was probably ow, but to me it looks like, oh, I fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) It's fantastic. I'm sorry. I love it, though. Um, Yeah, so Sheldon, Leonard is suggesting to Sheldon how to make friends, which is interesting seeing as I don't think Leonard's made a new friend in multiple years at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say Penny was the last friend that he made. And, you know, like, sort of in Sheldon's defense, like, as you get older, it is harder to, like, meet people and make friends. Yeah. So, like, because, like, you're, like, when you're younger, you're at school, it's, like, kind of, I don't want to say built-in friends, because there are people who, like, have, make, like, just with their classmates have difficulties making friends at school. But, like, you ha- like it's the proximity. Like Leonard said earlier, proximity. You have the same people you're yes. around every day. But and you get older, and it's like, sh- how do I meet people? Where Sheldon is struggling here is he is unable to make friends within his environment. Like, when you're yeah. at school, like, he would be, like, the people at school that struggled to make friends. True. Whereas yeah, here, he's got like, the proximity with Kripke. Exactly. He's being presented. He's already in Kripke's life. He just, Kripke doesn't like him. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, it's it's a little bit different. But also, I mean, when you get to be an adult, like, a lot of people, like, if you have a new friendship that happens, that's great. But you're not, like, actively looking you know, for more friends. Like, I could probably name 10 people right now that I would consider, like, well, I have maybe four or five, like, close friends. But, like, if you said, like, list off your friends, like, I could do it. And I'm not like, oh, I really wish that I could meet more people. Like, I get along with my coworkers. I have one close friend that lives, you know, an hour from me. And then I have you know, you and a, you know, a friend in Ohio and then several in Kentucky and like with social media and stuff, we're able to talk every day. And it's harder to make friends when you're an adult, but there's also not, if you have a social group, not a lot of people are looking, which then can also contribute to it being harder to make friends because there's not like groups designed for that for adults, especially if you don't have kids. Cause I feel like when you're an adult with kids, you just make friends with the other parents. Mm-hmm. But, like, me, I'm not looking out to make friends. Like, I like the friends I got. If I make additional friends, like, great. But I feel like if you're going out trying to make friends, it's not going to happen as organically. Yeah. I just know, like, I'm also thinking, like, occasionally, like, I'll see, like, posts, like, in, like, a Facebook group about, like, people, like, okay, I'm moving to, like, a brand new city yes. and I don't know anyone. How do I meet people now? So, yeah, that's in that a situation, it would be harder. Definitely. So Sheldon decides he needs a book that will tell him how to make friends, or that summarizes the current theories in the field of friend making. Yep. So he shows up to the bookstore, hurts a woman's feelings. Yes. And then starts talking to the employee. Uh, Do you have any books on making friends? Yeah, but they're all for little kids. I assume the skills can be extrapolated and transferred, (laughs) which is true. 
And also, though, like, the employee should have just sent him to, like, the self-help section. No, they should not have. Self-help is worthless. But I mean, like, if someone's asking about, like, books on making friends, like, any books for adults, that's where the, that's the section things would be in. That's true. Although recently, Dave Hollis, former ex-husband of Rachel Hollis, who's problematic in and of herself, he came out with a book and now he's on Instagram all the time talking about how he's creating this thing where these guys can make friends and they can sit around and talk about guy stuff. Like he needs to create a space for men where they can sit around a campfire and talk. And everyone in the like, there, there's a YouTuber that I love who basically just like her channel is like picking apart self-help and how it's just useless most of the time and she Mm -hmm. was just like wow i've never thought of creating a space for men to sit outside and talk we don't (laughs) have that anywhere already and he's like yeah you can pay like 900 dollars to go to this five-day thing in texas where you just like sit outside and talk with other guys and like it is very clear that this man he has no idea how to make friends himself wow so i'm like i feel like a lot of the self-help well here's my problem self-help in and of itself if you're reading a book on self-help, it's not self-help. You're you're getting help from the author who usually is like an influencer or a fitness guru or something who is just trying to make more money off of books. I could I could rant for years about the self-help industry. Um I think it's completely pointless. But um Lots of toxic positivity. It usually gets tied into multi-level marketing, which is also bullshit. Um, but yeah, if if a if a person comes up to you and is like, "Do you have books on making friends like for adults?" Like, maybe, but I don't think I could like ethically point someone towards self-help because of the way I feel about it. Mm-hmm. Well, like when I was in college for one of my classes, we had to write. We had her read a book that was, like, persuasive somehow and then write about it. It was, like, one of my communications classes. And I ended up – there's a book, How to Win Friends and Influence People, which I believe was from the self-help section. And it's, like – it was published in – I just looked it up – 1936. And it's, like, millions of copies have been sold over the years. I don't remember, like, the specifics about it, but I remember reading it and thinking, like, this just seems like it's repeating the same basic things over and over and over, and this is stupid, so. Yeah, that's self-help on the outset. Um, oh, yeah, so one of Dave Hollis's things is he was just, like, um, he goes, uh, he's like, you have to sail your own ship. He's like, ships don't use maps created by other people. You have to create your own map. And we're like, ships literally use maps created by other people. Like, this is the worst metaphor we've ever heard. Yeah, that is terrible. It, it's mostly word salad, and I hate it. Um, okay, so I loved Sheldon looking at the books. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pretty funny has two daddies now. It's probably my homosexual <laughs> rabbit. <laughs> I just always laugh at his delivery of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the um, the one about the uh, bullies, and he's just like Reddit, not helpful. <laughs> I'm assuming Bernie Bunny was about uh, a step parent, but I hope it's about homosexual rap. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So then he finds Stu the cockatoo is new at the zoo, and sits down to read it, and then starts to try to make friends with the little girl who's sitting there. <laughs> Which is 
super not great necessarily. <laughs> yeah. But hey, they both like trains. They're both scared of birds. Did she like trains? I don't um, remember. But they're scared of birds. They both like monkeys. That was the thing. Yeah, I don't know if he was talking about because they talked about how curious George was a monkey. Yeah. And then he I think I just made up the train thing. <laughs> he started um he started suggesting that they could go see monkeys together, which that's where leonard got concerned (laughs) yes okay so it kind of reminds me of on friends when ross invited that like was telling the father of that little boy he was like oh he's like you he can come with me to the museum and we'll be the only ones here and he can touch whatever he wants and then he's (laughs) like and then he goes he's like you i'm an anthropologist you'll be there with us and the touching refers only to bones fossils (laughs) like that's what this kind of reminds me of Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it when Sheldon's like, I'm your new friend Sheldon, and Leonard cuts in, no, you're not, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> Don't look up, there's cameras. Yeah. Somebody was talking about how, um, I saw a critique of that when it first, when this episode first aired, saying, like, they shouldn't imply that Sheldon's a pedophile. And I'm like, literally nobody thinks that Sheldon's a pedophile, it just looks bad. Yeah. Like, they're not, like, I think this person, I don't remember because this was literally 2009 when I read this. I think it was a comment on, like, a TV line review or something like that. And they said that this was implying to the audience that Sheldon was a pedophile. And we're like, no, it's saying without context, it looks bad. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. So then in the scene after that, um, there's a bit of the guys discussing what Sheldon's favorite amino acid was. Which Raj got wrong. He had which it. Apparently, and changed it. Yeah. Which apparently Leonard like started by actually answering some things correctly and then decided to go into the pattern later since he did know his answer for this one. Yes. Now, lysine is considered one of the most essential of the amino acids. So, you know, that, that that's a valid one. They didn't just pick a random one. I mean, I couldn't name another amino. I I couldn't, without this episode, I wouldn't be able to name any of them, so. Okay. Yeah. I did not start in wheelhouse. science, so I could do a little more, but <laughs> I will not bore you, because it would be boring, trust me. All right. And then we get to the friendship algorithm itself, which Sheldon has distilled the essence of the book into a simple flowchart. Which, I feel like the book being a children's book is already more simple than a flowchart. Yes. So probably he complicated things up in that process. I like how how he was talking about it, though. He was like, oh, my initial um, approach was had the same deficiencies as those that like Stu the Cockatoo when he was new at the zoo. And Raj is like, Stu the Cockatoo? And Leonard's like, yes, he's new at the zoo. (laughs) (laughs) So like, you know Leonard's heard this a million times already. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and he's just over it. So Sheldon attempts to use this new algorithm, as he calls Kripke, to make plans and gets caught in a loop of, no, that interest is not good. Let's try another one. Let's try another one. And another one. I find it interesting that Kripke is into horseback riding. He apparently has a very wide variety of interests here. Or he's just naming shit that he knows Sheldon isn't going to want to do. But... I also found it interesting when he was like, oh, tell me an interest of yours. Really? On actual horses? I'm like, Sheldon, you're from Texas. 
<laughs> it makes it seem like this was the first he had ever heard of horseback riding. I'm like, brah, Texas. See, like, his delivery there, though, makes me, like, it kind of gives me the impression that, like, it's not just, like, horseback riding, but he's doing some sort of activity that also involves being on a horse at the same time. Maybe, but him saying on actual horses makes me think it's just horseback riding. Not, like, really? While on horses? Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe he's just surprised that Kripke likes it, but to me it kind of sounds, and I'm like, Sheldon, Texas is known for... Just a couple things primarily. Horses, bad infrastructure, shitty policies toward women, football, and wanting to secede from the U.S. So horses is one of, is probably 20% of Texas's essence. Mm -hmm. Also, their completely false impression that they're the largest state in the U.S. They just run with it. (laughs) Yeah, Kripke's interests apparently include horses. Um, some sort of swimming or something in out in the water, ventriloquism, and then the rock climbing they eventually get to. And he does not like monkeys. No. Unless he thought it was a euphemism. Yeah. Um, which honestly, all of those things seem interesting to me. Like, I would horseback ride. I was a swimmer. I think ventriloquism is fun. I can't do it, but it'd be fun. I would go see Terry Fader in a second. And I do like the zoo. I do, though, kind of agree by that, like, ventriloquism doesn't seem like something, like, an activity you would do, like, together with someone you're trying to be friends with. Well, you could like go it, see a ventriloquist. Well, I guess. I guess I was thinking, like, if Kripke himself is a ventriloquist, which would be very interesting to see, actually. Yeah. going together to see a show. That's We could probably bully John Rusbowie on Twitter into doing something with that. <laughs> Okay, so he then uh, Howard fixes the flow chart mm-hmm. and then insults Howard in the process. Yes. Um, and then he says, this is the activity that we will do. Yes, least objectionable. So time to learn rock climbing, which I actually almost said earlier today, like rock climbing, you couldn't when we were doing this earlier, I was gonna be like rock climbing, you can't learn just from watching you have to do it. And then I was like, wait, I'm not going to mention that because it's going to come up later. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like, I feel like if I was doing something new, I would still like look it up online to just find out more information about it, even though it's like I'm not learning it, but I'm learning about it to give me a better idea. Like technically, like yesterday when we were talking, it reminded me. When the first time my sister and I did, were in a double, like, boat together and we had to row, we did look up, like, how do you determine who's in the front and who's in the back? Mm -hmm. But it still didn't prepare us for, like, actually navigating running water. Yeah. We were fine, but we had to learn as we went on that. Have you ever done, like, rock climbing, like, that, basically, like, what they did in this episode? Yes. I've also done it on an actual rock. I haven't done it on actual rock, but, like, I've done this sort of thing, and I like it. It's fun. Um, we did it in West Virginia. Mm-hmm. Rappelling was easier, but we did the rock climbing, too. <laughs> My mom was actually kind of scared to rappel. Um, but, yeah, I've done it on the wall. Um, Girl Scout camp had um, a rock wall as well. It was actually, it was, like, a wooden wall, but it had, like, the little grips and steps and stuff and then we've done it in west virginia as well there's at least like one like 
rock climbing like place fairly close to me because I've got like some friends from Quidditch that used to go there. And I felt like that would be like it seems like it would be something that would be fun to do more often. But it's also something like I don't want to like go there by myself for the first time, you know, like yeah. I want to have like I want someone who knows what's going on. Well, I have with. no plans to subject you to that this summer, so you don't have to practice. <laughs> okay, good to know. <laughs> How do you feel about cliff jumping? Depends how high. <laughs> I'm not saying we're going to do that either. Don't worry. Okay. Um, there's places where we're going to hike where some people do it, but it's not like a, this is an activity that we're going to pay for. So you Good. don't you don't have to do it. Um. So I did like. Which, go ahead. I was going to say that leads into Sheldon's uh, fear of heights here. Fear of heights is illogical. Fear of falling, <laughs> on the other hand, is prudent and evolutionary. Yes. Um, so then when he said, like, what's the minimum altitude I need to achieve to cement our newfound friendship? I don't know how Sheldon is interpreting this here. Does he think, like, someone who's Kripke's friend has to be worthy enough to climb this? Or is he saying, like, do you consider the effort it would take me to get to this point proof that I'm trying to be friends with you and it's genuine? Like, I don't know what his parameters are i feel like sheldon kind of views it as like okay we do an activity together and then we're friends so like how high constitutes a completed activity you know what would be a great thing for him to do to practice making friends but that i could also see him wind up taking too literally Mm -hmm. the sims oh because you don't just do one thing with somebody on the sims and your friends like, you have mm-hmm. to create the friendship, and if someone created a sim for him that had some of Sheldon's, like, own strengths and weaknesses, it would show that, like, you have to repeat an activity. If you don't talk to someone for X amount of time, they become a distant friend. You know, like, I feel like that's, for someone who needs, like, a program to teach him, I feel like that would be effective. Mm-hmm. Although that might think that might cause Sheldon to think that if someone puts a spoon down in the hallway, that will prevent him from leaving the hallway. <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah, I could. That could be helpful, and I could also see Sheldon just getting like sucked into that because the Sims world is easier and more predictable than the real world. So yes. All right. So Sheldon gets started well, and then he realizes he's like halfway up and looks down. And then determines it is a fear of height. <laughs> and then I liked his, um, I feel somewhat like an inverse tangent function that's approaching, approaching an, he said asymptote. We always said asymptote in high school and I no longer care how it's pronounced. And then oh, we Kri- said asymptote. Okay. And then Kripke said, are you saying you're stuck? And he said, what part of that do you not understand? And Kripke said, I understood all of that. I'm not a moron. <laughs> Which then, so the vanity card at the end of this episode is where Lori explained that joke. So is he then implying that the people who didn't get it need that explanation were morons? I mean, that I didn't understand because that's math. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I know, I know what an asymptote is. Um, I know what a tangent function is. I know what I know about inverse functions, but I don't really know that I could picture that essentially. Um, I did know the science one because I was good at science, but 
I I don't I I did have to look up what that meant the first time. So mm-hmm. and I was actually in algebra the first time I saw this. So <laughs> wait, would that be algebra or trig? I think that'd be trig. But we did do sine, cosine, and tangent in my algebra class. So I don't know. I think that's more trig, but I can't really remember. I'm pretty sure it's trig because I took that class three times in college. <laughs> And then Sheldon, as we know, ends up passing out and just kind of hangs there on his back. Yeah. Very dramatically. Which, I'm like, if you if you have the harness, you can just let go. I mean, yeah. if you trust the physics, it's going to be fine. And I would be like, are you saying you don't trust the physics, Sheldon? What kind of physicists are you? <laughs> and so then I love when he brought Krippy over and he realized that I was rock climbing and Krippy said he passed out just hung there like a big salami <laughs> like that is definitely one that they chose the word for Kripke's speech impediment but like I mm-hmm. also just loved like just take that out and just make Kripke like a real person for a second and the fact that he chose salami <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, not what the usual word choice you would use. No. Let's see. Kripke escapes to floss before he eats with his disturbing reasons. Was that a that. racist comment? Or is it just about, like, the flavor profiles? I viewed it more as just the flavor versus a racist issue. Okay. I'm never sure. So um, I was kind of like, I don't know. I mean, I also don't eat. Indian food or Chinese food so I'm like Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's like a dog whistle or if it's just the food if anyone knows you can tell us um so then he decides that he's going to get rid of one of his friends Mm -hmm. because five friendships is just too many to maintain which I can sort of see that if you see them all on a daily basis Mm-hmm. <laughs> like but that's just me with the depression it's like it's hard for me to like be present a lot of the time I, I do get it but I wouldn't be as formal as this yeah as oh just, like, Sheldon could do out. the sim where their like life goal was you have to have like 10 best friends or something like that and then he can practice juggling it <laughs> yep yep so Sheldon ends up announcing that Raj is the one that is out Which I noticed, it's kind of like Penny, you know, right before that, she's thinking she's the one who's going to be out. And then right when Sheldon says it's Raj, like, Leonard and Howard both kind of look like, like, upset or surprised. And Penny just has, like, the the smug smile that you can see for a split second. She's like, oh, it's not me. She's like, I have climbed the totem pole. Yes. Now, I don't consider this a critique of Big Bang Theory, but more of a critique of Sheldon. Um, Sheldon acknowledging that Raj provides a cultural diversity to an otherwise homogeneous group, um, that kind of makes it seem like Sheldon is like, you know, you are the token person of color in our group. Yeah. Yeah, Sheldon putting it that way. It's like, oh, well, we were keeping you around because this was part of why, but... And I feel like... I feel like the intention was good there. Like, I think that the writers were trying to be like, we acknowledge that this is a very white cast. But I also Mm -hmm. feel like if Sheldon hadn't have mentioned it, it would have been more... I feel like sometimes trying to prove that this isn't racist or sexist just kind of makes it, like, draws people's attention to it. And then it almost seems that way. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not saying that that's... I'm not saying Sheldon got rid of Raj because he's brown. 
I'm just saying if he had just been like, um, you know, I, as you know, I recently put out a questionnaire and your responses were disturbing and then cited the answer that was wrong because we already know it was something that Raj was worried about giving the wrong answer to. I feel like him pointing out like, you know, while you are the only person here that's not white, like I feel like drawing attention to it kind of made it worse. Yeah, for sure. Oh, and so then Kripke comes back out and he does mention that he likes to floss so his gum pockets are open for new poop food. Gross. Um, yeah, agreed with Penny there. You. Yeah, you. But um, I also was like, the way he phrased it earlier, I was just like, I don't know what this means. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we established that Barry thinks you have a hot name. Yes. Um, Which, connected to that, I feel like I've probably told this story before on the podcast but since this is where it directly ties into you've told me but i don't know if you've told it on here so go ahead so there is one taping i went to i don't remember which episode it was now it's probably season like five or six you've actually showed me this too yeah go ahead yeah um and then it was a taping that kripke was in and then after the uh, episode was over, um, sometimes some of the cast members used to, like, sign autographs. And John Ross Bowie that week happened to stick around and sign. So then, like, he came up to me and, like, I had the little, like, program that they passed out for the episodes. And he asked me what my name was. So I told him Roxanne. And then he's like, oh, like, I had a Roxanne joke on the show once, didn't I? And I was like, yeah. And then he was like, so there's only one way I can sign this, right? Is that okay with you? And I was just like, yeah, totally, go for it. And then he wrote, he wrote like, to Waxan with the W at the front, and then, yeah, signed it. So I was just like, yeah, that's cool. I'm happy with this. That's really cool, yeah. I think that was something that you came home, and as soon as you got your phone, you told me. <laughs> yeah. So Kripke likes my name. Um, and then Howard has his little side comment to I like how, suddenly I'm looking pretty good. <laughs> I like how it wasn't even that Penny's name was Roxanne and he said, oh, that's a hot name. Like, open-endedly, he picked Roxanne as a hot <laughs> name. <laughs> like, I find that so funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and you and I didn't know each other at this point, did we? No. I think when I learned your name, this was the first thing I thought of. <laughs> My first, Roxanne. I always used to think of like the movie Zeus and Roxanne, mm-hmm. um, but which I maintain Good is a dolphin. That's a fantastic movie. It's so great. Um, and I remember absolutely nothing about it other than it was about a dog and a dolphin. I the characters were just great, and it honestly probably is one of my favorite movies. Even though it's kind of stressful to watch because of like the intense parts where you're worried something's going to happen to somebody. Um, but it's great. It has a happy ending. That's what I thought of prior to this. But I think, like, meeting you in the context of the Big Bang Theory, this is what I thought of. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So then Sheldon finally approaches um, the possibility of Kripke getting him some time on the computer. And Kripke says no. <laughs> Sheldon says they're friends. And he's like, I'm sorry, my friend. <laughs> yeah. And then we find out, no, Kripke has no control. There's an official schedule. No, I want to know, did they make, did the, did the friends to continue to mess with Sheldon make up that he has control over the computer? Or was this like a university-wide misunderstanding? My impression was it was just a big misunderstanding. Yeah. Um, it does remind me of this um, season on The Amazing Race, where sometimes, have you watched Amazing Race? 
Um, very little of it. Okay, so, well, you know how they go from, like, place to place and they have to, like, do an activity at each spot. Mm-hmm. So, at some places, you show up, and if it's closed when you show up, you just sit there and wait until morning. Sometimes when you, and then everyone, it's like a free-for-all, they run in in the morning to do what they need to do. Well, then, some places, um, when you get there, you put your name on, like, a like for flights and stuff, you get on the first flight and the next people get on the next flight and then you're like all together there. Well, these people show up to this place and they're first and they're like, oh, it's closed. They were like, we don't want it to be a free for all in the morning because other people can run faster than us. So they took out a piece of paper and wrote like amazing race sign in list and they like created time slots and wrote their name on the first one and then <laughs> stuck it on the door. And a couple people actually showed up and were like writing their names down. Well, these people showed up and realized that it was like like letterhead and like it had the team's name on it so they knew that they put it there it wasn't just like a piece of paper so they pick it up and start walking over to the guys and they know that the jig is up but they're still trying to play it up so they're coming over to them and they're just like what are you doing with the super official sign-in list (laughs) so when when me thinking Kripke may be wanting people to believe he had control over it or someone wanting them to believe that Kripke had control over it, that's what I thought of. I can see that. Yeah. So with that now known, Sheldon decides Raj is back in because he likes monkeys. I like how it's not even like, oh, like, you, like I've known you longer. Like, we have, like, a history so you can come back over Kripke. It's just, well, you have the edge over him because monkeys, so... I mean, I also like, I mean, when we were at the zoo, you were at the gorillas for a good chunk of time. Because those little babies were so cute. I know. I, I do. I do love that exhibit. But yeah, that, that's a solid one. Um, and mm-hmm. then we do learn in that other episode that Raj also loves trains. So yes, that helps. They've got that connection. Yeah. All right, and then the tag is just the guys back at the rock climbing wall. Um, Sheldon apparently decided to give another go, um, and he almost made it to the top this time. <laughs> I, uh, I'm wondering why. Like, why he stuck with it. I'm wondering if he realizes, hmm, maybe I can avoid swimming longer by being able to climb up <laughs> to higher elevations mm-hmm. when the ocean levels rise. Or maybe he's just like, I cannot have something that I am not good at. Like, That's also true. Although when I'm not good at something, I just time. stop doing it altogether. So <laughs> I can see Sheldon being like, I need to go back to show that I can actually do this. Yeah. So that is the episode. Did it's you know mm-hmm. that if the all the ice covering Antarctica, um, I think in Greenland... And maybe the rest of the glaciers, if all of that were to melt, sea level would rise over 200 feet. I feel like I've probably heard that at some point, but the fact just doesn't, like, stick. Yeah. But that is a lot of feet. I know it's 70 meters, which I know is over 200 feet, but I don't remember exactly how much that is. But, yeah, that that would be a lot. So you, you'd have to climb up. Climb... You want to be good with climbing and swimming for best survival odds there. Yes. All right. So that will wrap up this episode. Um, If you have questions, comments, suggestions, you can email us at podcast at thebigbangbuzz.com or leave a comment on the website at thebigbangbuzz.com. 
or tweet us at the Big Bang Buzz with three Z's. And remember to oh, let's check what the Twitter results are. I was are just right about now. to do that. We have nine votes. Okay, forty four percent. Um, say which I believe is five votes. No, four votes maybe. I don't know. It's it's not a multiple of ten. It's so math. I don't know. Um, it's math exactly. We've we've established this. Um, forty four percent of the votes, forty four point four, say intelligent. Thirty three point three, ruthless attention to hygiene. 22.2 playfulness and Java applet writing is yet to be on the board. Still at zero. I'm predicting that actually stays there. Um, but we'll <laughs> see. So I could um, see someone voting for that, like getting a lone vote. Yeah. We are, or someone who just wants to know what the answers are, what other people are saying, but they don't want to skew the data. So they're voting for the one that they know no one's going to vote for so that they can mm-hmm. see the rest of it. So anyway, that will probably be closed by the time you guys listen to this, but reply to it um, because we will not be recording again until, hold on. Um, it looks like today the is the 17th. Yeah, until the 31st. So um, as long as you reply by then, we will include that into the uh, into the Total. results that we will read when we do the next episode. And so we'll talk to you guys then. Bye. Bye.